It's March 18th, 2015. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First, we'll cover a couple of science and tech stories here in Hawaii. We'll speak with Tim Dick then on the phone about an upcoming Entrepreneur Foundation event. Then Tiff Kazada and uh, uh, Mark. Mark will be here to tell us about their new app, Hobnob. And finally, we'll talk about the new face of entrepreneurship, Accelerator Sultan Ventures and Accelerate UH. Joining us are Millie James and Brian Butling. So have your questions and thoughts ready to call in to, uh, to call in or tweet us, but first, the headlines. Well, spotting a Google Street View camera car isn't quite the rare sight it once was, and the company's extensive immersive images of cities and neighborhoods around the world is increasingly accessible. But Google realized it was capturing more than just buildings and street signs as it traveled the world's roads. Last June, Google created a special online gallery featuring street art from around the globe, this week, that project was greatly expanded via Google Culture Institute. The online street art gallery now has over 10,000 images, including a collection featuring the work of local artists collective Pow Wow Hawaii. Google's gallery is now doubled in size, documenting and sharing the work of 85 different art organizations from 34 countries. The company's resources and reach make it an ideal platform for preservation. Google wrote in its official blog yesterday, Using the city as a canvas often means these artworks are here today, gone tomorrow. With the Google Art Project, we're working to preserve this ephemeral art form and make it available to fans around the world, anywhere and anytime. Google highlighted the artist at uh, Five Points in Long Island, a famous building with 200,000 square feet of walls that were regularly covered with colorful creations. Last summer, the building was demolished uh, for another development. The Google Cultural Institute is also making its collection available via its open gallery platform, which supports apps for Android devices for individual artist groups. The Pow Wow Hawaii app launched on Monday alongside artists and museums in Amsterdam, Australia, India, Italy, and Russia. And... It's great that they actually have included a lot of the um, artwork that uh, gets done via the powwow folks, uh, whether it's in, in Hawaii or elsewhere. Uh, it is definitely kind of ephemeral. You know, it's like, a, it's like a sand painting, right? These things can get destroyed or painted over at a whim. Right. I was looking over my gallery from, I was like, oh, I love those kakaka murals. And in covering and blogging about this story, I went back to my gallery of photos, and they were from 2012. Mm-hmm. None of those paintings are, are there anymore. Oh, really? Wow. And I remember that when I wanted to see something like this, you could go to Google Street View and drive down the street mm-hmm. and see what's there. But they are also updating it, so eventually it goes away. I was interested to see that these online galleries aren't just Street View photos, though. I mean, that's part of it. But they are including actual professionally taken and submitted photos. Jasper Wong himself, mm-hmm. for example credited. It's very well done. This Google Open platform where you can create galleries is specifically designed for museums and organizations like Pow Wow Hawaii to make these things available. Yeah, yeah. the uh, Google Art Project is, is definitely one that is going to make more digital art uh, available around the world. So I want to keep in touch with that. The Accelerate Proof of Concept Center, designed to help entrepreneurs from the University of Hawaii transition their ideas into viable businesses, announced the finalists for its second cohort of companies. There were 70 applications from which 10 finalists were identified. If they're ultimately selected for the program, participating teams are eligible for up to $50,000 upon completion of the program and as much as $100,000 in follow-up funding. The finalists come from a range of research backgrounds, including software, robotics, clean tech, and biotech. 
The teams were made up of faculty and student researchers from UH, uh, John A. Byrne School of Medicine, the Institute for Astronomy, the College of Engineering, and the College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources. Omar Sultan, Accelerate UH Managing Director and founding partner of Sultan Ventures, said in a statement, the diversity and quality of our teams are a wonderful showcase of the talent, innovation, and commercialization opportunities present at the University of Hawaii. In the first phase of the program, the finalists will develop their business models with the help of mentors and the lean startup methodology. Only some of them will move on to subsequent phases of business development and then investor pitch development. The finalist teams include Morph Optics, which is focused on inexpensive mass-produced lenses, Acabotics, which is a platform designed to support automated dredging in shallow waterways, Adnoviv, a smart sensor to de- that can detect human presence via heartbeats or breathing, and Comprendo, which offers educational analytics. And oh, by the way, uh, Omar is actually kind of near the studio, he so may we be might, proximate. yeah, we might <laughs> ask him like, who of these ten might actually become part of the cohort. Well, they all sound very interesting. I like that some are hardware plays, some are software plays, some are almost kind of service plays. So it's not just. It's definitely not in one niche. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, on the tech calendar, the Real Office Center, a co-working space in Chinatown, is hosting a launch party tomorrow over a year in the making. And following a sneak preview last month, the ROC space is the first Hawaii location in a network of collaborating uh, working spaces in California. The event takes place from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. tomorrow at 2, number 2, North Hotel Street, the former Wong Kwok Noodle House location. And for more information, you can visit their Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash real office centers. And the 58th Hawaii State Science and Engineering Fair is coming up at the Hawaii State Convention Center. About 500 students from both public and independent schools across the state are going to compete beginning on Sunday. They have judging on Monday, and then you can come in. The members of the public are welcome on Tuesday morning. So, yes, you can check it out and see some of the best and brightest of Hawaii's youth on Tuesday, March 24th from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. again at the Hawaii Convention Center. You can stick around then for the awards ceremony. For more information, you can visit hawaiiacademyofscience.org. Sounds good. And now joining us by phone is Mr. Tim Dick. He's the chairman of the Entrepreneur Foundation, and he's here to tell us about an upcoming event called Poo-Poo's and Pitches. Welcome to the show, Tim. Hey guys, how are you? It's good to uh, talk with you that tonight. Yeah, you know, I know we would uh, we would corral you to come into the studio, but you're somewhere in California. Am I correct on that? I am. I'm in Palo Alto. Oh, I hope to see yeah. you guys uh, next week, next Tuesday, for what we're calling the Chopsticks and Optics edition of Poopoos and Pitches. It's going to be really fun, I think. So now this yeah. is not the first Poopoos and Pitches event, and I, I I love the title. So one of the first questions I would ask, because it's important to the tech community, is what kind of Poopoos are we talking that's about? That's right. Yeah, that's my question. <laughs> Well, you'll have to talk to uh, you have to talk to my boss there, Donovan Kialoha. He's gotcha, organizing gotcha. the poopoos here, so uh, Donovan is uh, is coordinating the event. Uh, he's the uh, uh, the interim executive director um, of uh, Entrepreneurs Foundation, and has just done a terrific job. We're going to have it this time at the Proto Hub, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. It's, I believe the first event I've got to go to at the Proto Hub, so I'm really excited about this. So, Tim, uh, give us, uh, for, for some of our listeners that may not be familiar with the Entrepreneur Foundation, tell us a little bit about what that foundation does. So, Entrepreneur's Foundation has chapters across the country. It was originally founded in Silicon Valley, and it came from an idea that Pierre Omidyar had when he founded 
eBay. Mm-hmm. He was wondering as an entrepreneur about how he could give back to the community when he didn't have much cash. And what he determined is that giving up 1% of eBay's equity at that time, if the company was successful, would turn into a terrific foundation. And, of course, it did. So what Entrepreneurs Foundation has done in Silicon Valley and across the nation is to scale that to other um, to other uh, uh, startups. Mm-hmm. So we've got about 60, 70 uh, startups in Hawaii that have kindly donated 1% of their equity in pursuing this same philanthropic mission. Uh, what we do is, upon a liquidity event, and we've had a, a couple today, some nice big ones, uh, half of that equity, the value of that, goes back to the company to establish its own philanthropic mission. Mm-hmm. Half of it goes back to Entrepreneurs Foundation of, of Hawaii, and that helps get distributed to, uh, to Hawaii-based uh, uh, institutions and nonprofits and so forth. Oh, that's great. So it's very, very simple. It's easy to do. And, uh, you know, Pierre, of course, uh, lives uh, right on Oahu, so the inspiration for this that's gone so far across the world has actually moved here to Hawaii. Right, so we're so kind of honoring, you know, Pierre's vision. Absolutely. Here. And so for this upcoming event, I mean, this is not the first. There are themes for each, but I, how, where does where do chopsticks come from? Well, chopsticks come from, we've got two themes for this event. Um, and uh, we've got some startups here that are a little bit different. So two of the themes, two of the... The uh, the companies are actually food themes. One is Mao Farms. I don't know if you've been out to West Side. It's a terrific nonprofit. They've got 25 acres out there. They're planning to expand. I think adding hopefully another 100 acres up on North Shore. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're growing organic food. They're training young people. Uh, they're creating high value, high skill employment uh, out on the West Side, which of course is scarce. And uh, of, of course, anybody who who works out there, volunteers out there. Um, is learning how to you know grow from the soil and do what humans were were meant to do. It's getting us back to our roots. Um, so that's a, that's a nonprofit, and they're looking for funding to help them expand to North Shore. And the second on the food side is Street Grinds, uh, which if you've ever been to any of the uh, food truck meetups, Street Grinds are the guys that actually organize those. They've got a social media platform, and they've got a scheduling app that helps the food truck guys get customers and help us know, um, you know, where to get the uh, the best in uh, food truck, um, you know, products and services right, right. here. Yeah. Oh, sounds good. So are they going to be do- um, doing the pitches as well? Who, who do you have in line for They pitches? are pitching. All farms and street grinds are I pitching. And, uh, and we've got two other sort of high-tech companies that are pitching as well, and that's the optics side of the Chopsticks mm-hmm, Optics mm-hmm. Edition. I see uh, one of them was Flywire Cameras. We've talked about them, an exciting technology. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I haven't seen a real Flywire cam- camera, so I'm really thrilled to, uh, to get you know, a little hands-on sight of that and the demo, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Sounds and good. Second, yeah, go ahead. So uh, where can people find out more and uh, maybe sign up and attend? Uh, you can sign up uh, at, the, at efhawaii.org. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and also, for most of you... Um, uh, you probably find that someplace in your Facebook feed. I'll, I'll <laughs> post it again. You can find it on my feed on Facebook. Uh, Ron, I think you posted it as well. You'll find it on Donovan's. And so everybody who's listening right now, please go ahead and post or repost that on Facebook, and we'll just 
bombard people so that uh, <laughs> you basically can't avoid it. Yeah, uh, social media seeing y'all on on Tuesday. Yeah, eFhawaii.org. Thanks a lot, Tim, for joining us. Thanks, Tim, for joining us. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Okay. Next week. Sounds good. Hola. And now joining us is uh, Mark and Tiffany Kazeda, uh, and they're both from Hobnob.io, and they're here to tell us about their new product launch. Welcome to the show, Mark and Tiffany. Aloha, Bert. Aloha, Ryan. Aloha. And I'm far, sorry I dropped your name there at the very start of the show. I was, well, you just, know, we, that's, I was that's, dazzled by his handsome, <laughs> handsomeness. I was that's, too. That's par for the course, right? I mean, we got to do that. It's the hair. <laughs> so um, it's interesting that... Uh, how both how wide and large the startup community is and you know developers and apps and and things and yet how small that world is and uh we've had on the show previously a man named Eric Nakagawa he was from he is from Hawaii but he basically made his fortune with lolcat pictures cat <laughs> pictures on the internet and he's always keeping an eye out for interesting things still happening in Hawaii and it was he i think that posted this new app uh, for inviting people to events to product hunt, which is kind of like Reddit for startups. And uh, I didn't even realize until after clicking the link that Hobnob, this app for invites, is in Hawaii and the creation <laughs> of you. So, uh, Tiffany, what is Hobnob? What's your 15-second elevator pitch when you meet someone now and you say, hey, I'm with Hobnob? Hubnob is a mobile invitation service that focuses on SMS invites. So think of like Evite or Paperless Post, but a more modern way. And you send a beautiful invitation really quickly and efficiently. We've seen guests send invites in just 60 seconds. And what people love is that when they receive the invite, it's a beautiful MMS photo with all of the event details and a simple link that connects them to the mobile web version of the invite mm -hmm. where they can RSVP, add to calendar, get driving directions, and comment, all without necessarily having to download the app, which is something that we've heard as being the big plus is that we've put the guest ahead of the almighty download. Mm -hmm. So it, um, the when you actually do the download to create the invite, uh, it automatically kind of looks at your contacts, right? I mean, that's kind of yes. where they mm -hmm. get the original invite list, and then you select from those contacts. Exactly. So, Mark, I mean, what went into the thought of the, the UI? Uh, sure. Well, regarding contacts, I think we really wanted to start with the people you interact mm -hmm. with closely, mm -hmm. and those are usually the people you have phone numbers for. Uh, so a lot of people send invites via email or via Facebook, and um, you know, for us, it was a frustration to you know just kind of get lost with with all the stuff going on. To to see an invite coming through email, you forget about it. So we wanted to make it really quick, and we wanted to use the contacts you use every day, right? So phone numbers. So we started with that. Um, we really just tried to make it super easy and simple and fast to to create an invite. Um, you know, the app. We'll create a flyer for you with the, your basic event details, and then it, it'll send it off for you via text. It's really, really cool. Now, you mentioned a couple of things that I think were significant and why I really loved the idea <laughs> of Hobnob. Because, one, I have relatives. I love them. But they use something called Evite, which <laughs> is like the AOL email of this century to invite people to parties and things. And then, of course, Facebook event invites are just the second most annoying thing after game invites on mm -hmm. Facebook. So I yes. ignore event invitations on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I don't like using Evite where I've got to click and give them email and then they start marketing at me. So you've come up with something that, that kind of gloms onto a way that I already communicate with uh, my friends when I want to create an event. Um, so for, uh, Tiff, how does it work that um, 
I'm not specifically the person sending the text so that you can do all sorts of magic on the other end so people can RSVP easily by using the same yes. text message platform. Well, one of the great things we do is we use a, a series of hobnob service numbers so that we keep the anonymity of the host number and the guest number and we through, do everything through a service. So it has all the benefits of group text without the annoyances. Mm-hmm. So you can comment, but you can also turn off comments if you don't want to go anymore. And if a guest RSVPs knows, then they just stop receiving any notifications or updates about the event which is great. So we love that having that functionality of being very immediate, but then with options to turn it off. You know, I noticed that uh, it's really a, a, a beautiful interface as well because, you. you know, I got a uh, I got an invite. You know, my the rare times I do get invites, you know, it's usually from Ryan, and <laughs> Ryan sent me an invite, and it was a, a beautiful little uh, graphic you know, image, and it was uh, really well laid out. I thought, wow, that Brian, man, he's got he's some graphic, graphic, graphic skills. <laughs> and then, of course, I went on and, and invited him to something, and I got the same, you know, got the same image. But that was great because you've already pre-populated it with some really cool images. But then if you wanted to add your own photographs, you could do that as well, right? Right. So this first version of the app, it's an auto-magical type of design is what we call it. So you just enter in your event details. It's just five simple fields. And then you get put into a system with looking at the flyers where it's completely designed for you with typography, a photo filter, and then an image behind. Mm -hmm. Right now we have seven designs and you can put your own photo behind any of them. And then we have a blank version. So if you have a pre-designed, beautiful Bite Marks Cafe flyer that you just want to throw in there, you can just use that option. Oh, sounds good. So the the designs, I noticed a number of them kind of had this tropical feel. Mm -hmm. Is that specifically the seven that you're starting with? Or if I started the app in New York, would I see skyscrapers or something? Oh, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, we kind of, you know, chose stuff that we that resonated with us locally mm-hmm. um, a lot of the designs are just we just tried to make them beautiful right we wanted people to instantly see their information on this custom-made design without having to do any work uh, and we wanted it to be beautiful well so. apart from appearing on on wonderful radio shows like this it's important <laughs> to get the word out about apps for them to succeed and i mentioned eric nakagawa posted it to product hunt which is a big place where people go to kind of see what's coming up and what to try out um what have you seen in terms of the pickup i mean it's this this happened just by chance when south by southwest was happening which is mm-hmm. where other startups go yes, to exactly. get their big pickups. So how, how has it been going? Uh, we were actually really amazed by the, you know, the amount of people that kind of came out and supported us on Product Hunt. Uh, we got some really great feedback. Um, you know, it's, it's really rare to do a product launch and then not get any negative feedback. But we got a ton of really positive feedback. So we were pretty blown away by that. Mostly I mean, feature suggestions. Yeah. Of, you know, are you when are you getting more designs and things they'd like to see and not and things we've already talked about, not necessarily negative feedback. So that was very surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so far we've had about 165 upvotes on Product Hunt. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you were well, on the front great. page for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to uh, download the app or, or maybe just go to the website and, and, and where would they find all the information they wanted about the Hobnob? Well, the best place to find us is, of course, in the App Store. If you search for Hobnob, we come up first. But if you would like to check out our landing page, it's hobnob.io. Okay. Sounds Fantastic. Good. Very good. So, Mark and Tiffany, we want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks it was for a pleasure. Us. And that's what's been happening this week. We'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Millie James and Brian Butling. 
And, uh, of course, Omar Sultan, I think he'll join us, yes. too. And uh, they're both, uh, well, they're, the two of them are newly hired at Sultan Ventures, and they're here to tell us about the changing face of entrepreneurship. What incentives are there to becoming an entrepreneur here and, of course, elsewhere? We'd, of course, love your thoughts or questions as part of that conversation, so you can give us a call at 941-3689 or toll-free from the neighbor islands at 877-941-3689. And, of course, we're live in the studio. You can tweet us your questions at BiteMarks or at Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Ever wanted to get out of a test at school? Some parents are encouraging it. I question a lot of the expertise behind it all. And I feel like the, the children are just um, not really considered in all of this. I'm David Gura, opting out of Common Core Testing. Next time on Marketplace from APM. This evening at 6, following Bite Marks Cafe. As the state and the city and county of Honolulu try to grapple with homelessness policies, it's still people who work with homeless singles and families. Next on Town Square, a panel of individuals on the front lines. Join us Thursday at 5 for Town Square. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Whole Foods Market Hawaii, Ferraro Choi, and Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And joining us today, we've got a full house here in the studio. We got Omar Sultan, we got Melly James, and Brian Butling. And, of course, Mele just joined Sultan Ventures as the new head of uh, New Ventures. And, of course, previously Mele was program manager over at Blue Startup. Brian has also recently joined Sultan Ventures, and he's the head of strategic partnerships there. Previously, Brian was with business development, was business development manager at Nella Media Group, and he also organizes Startup Weekend Honolulu. And uh, Omar is also with us, and he is uh, the one of the co-founders, of course of Sultan Ventures. And of course, what are the plans for Sultan Ventures in this immediate future? And we'd love to hear your comments and questions. And that number to call is 941-3689 on Oahu or 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Omar, Mele, and Brian, we want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you, Bert. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Bert. (laughs) Ryan. Awesome to be here again. You know, I we'll 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 let uh, Omar warm up a little bit. So we'll start the questions with Mele. Mele, so <laughs> yes, Bert. You know, you've uh, been quite uh, quite the woman of the town. Um, you know, with Blue Startups and Hawaii Venture Capital Association, and you know, you're all over the place now. Now you're going to start with Sultan Ventures. I mean, what is it that uh, do you feel that there's kind of an expanding uh, community of entrepreneurs now that you know all these activities are going on? Absolutely. I think in the last, I moved back about three years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, kind of right at that time, things were really starting to take off. I mean, the box jelly had opened. And now we're seeing, you know, co working spaces open all over the place. We've got a slew of, of a great accelerators popping up. Um, and I think this is a really exciting time for entrepreneurs and startups here in Hawaii. There's so many more resources than we, we were seeing before. 
And Brian, we've had you on before to talk about Startup Weekend and, of course, other events. Even, you know, I mean, I've seen you at the Maker Fair, Honolulu, and all the local tech events. So similarly, I would imagine you've seen this diversifying, growing startup community. Um, but what specifically about Sultan Ventures was uh, was what drew you to become a part of the team that you saw as this as the next step for, for you? Um, it was a lot of the projects uh, they're getting involved with, a lot of the educational aspect of it, uh, being a young entrepreneur myself. Um, I looked to them for a lot of mentoring early on, and the fact that uh, both Omar and Tarek would allow me the time, uh, put aside the time to kind of answer my questions and show me the the, the ropes of being a an entrepreneur and doing my due diligence um, really really draw me uh, drove me to uh, to approaching them and, and and asking them you know what is their well, what is the goal for Sultan Ventures and what is the future uh, lookout and so um, yeah and I, I want to now share that. Uh, with other entrepreneurs here locally. Mm -hmm. Now, both you and Melly are joining or as part of kind of an expansion into new areas for Sultan Ventures. So um, quickly, perhaps the both of you, starting with you, Brian, um, what is your what is under your umbrella there? Uh, so I'm focusing on strategic partnerships uh, with Sultan Ventures. Um, so that's uh, uh, partnering with both local and national or global companies to help uh, perpetuate uh, the brand here and put uh, Hawaii startups or just startups in general from Hawaii on the map. Um, via, you know, Sultan Ventures, our portfolio companies, and also uh, handling a lot of the marketing and branding for our portfolio companies as well. Mm -hmm. And, and Mele, what are you, what's your sort of focus with the Sultan Ventures now? So I'm focused on new ventures, um, and that is, a, that is a new focus with the team. Um, I'll be not only spinning out companies and projects that are currently under management under Sultan Ventures, but also creating and launching new companies. Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, so the, so the new venture is really kind of revolving around companies that uh, Sultan Ventures has been already kind of nurturing and maybe spinning off? Um, that will be part of, part of the position, but the part that I'm obviously very excited about is, um, you know, me being an entrepreneur at heart and wanting to uh, build uh, some new companies. And so Omar Tark and I have been, you know, shooting around ideas for a long time and really excited about building some, some of our own companies and, and, and launching those. Mm -hmm. Now we've got uh, we've got Omar here. He's kind of sitting and, and making sure that uh, Millie and Brian say the right thing. They're no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but but Omar, you know, I, um, for the uneducated like myself, uh, you know, I I, I sometimes uh, observe the various players in town, and and Sultan Ventures has been around, but. Uh, you know, if somebody were to ask me, and, I, and not very many people have, but uh, they, you know, if, I, if, if they did, they would, I would tell them, you know, I think Sultan Ventures is primarily working with UH and, you know, have been primarily in sort of the um, the the community of, of uh, players that were revolving around UH, IP, intellectual property and, and things like that. Uh, are you guys kind of branching out or is that is that a is that a misstatement? I mean, where where would you say your sort of roots have come from? Uh, prior to, let's say, breaking out into this, you know, bright new faces of Millie and, and Brian? So I think the roots have always kind of been the same, right? So it's a very entrepreneurially uh, focused entity. Uh, when Tarek, uh, our sister Aya, who's an MD, PhD, and myself formed the company, the whole idea was to be able to help grow businesses, startups here in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So definitely there's a huge component of that is our work with the University of Hawaii. And I think that's a natural uh, sort of link with the types of things that we want to do. As If you look at the University of Hawaii, it's a huge research hub. I mean, it gets hundreds of millions of dollars a year in federal grants, and it's continuously churning out breakthrough innovations, cutting out 
edge, world-class uh, technologies. And so we decided uh, a long time ago to continue and to start and continue working with the university there. And that's why we're involved with, you know, two of the funds that help with commercialization at the university. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, we to- we spoke before the break about the new cohort, uh, the, the finalist for the second cohort for Accelerate UH. Um, which is the which is a specific program with the innovation initiative there, but of course you are involved with that. So I'm kind of curious how you would articulate the relationship between Accelerate UH that um, branding and that movement and Sultan Ventures. Oh, that that's a very easy one. So Sultan Ventures partnered with UH in a sort of public private partnership to form Accelerate UH. Mm-hmm. So Tarek and I are the founders of that. We're the managing partners for Accelerate UH. And we established this educational curriculum and investment program to help nurture uh, the best of the best at UH, whether it be entrepreneurs that are, are growing within the university, faculty members that are interested in commercializing their technologies, or IP that's being generated within the university itself. And so that's the relationship mm-hmm. between Accelerate UH. So would you say that uh, from a percentage standpoint, how much time is being spent with Accelerate UH versus, you know, <laughs> let's say other Sultan Venture activities? Well, just in case, uh, you know, Vasil Sermos of VPRI, he's the vice president oh, for research and innovation. He's the one that's funding Accelerate UH. 150% of our time <laughs> is focused on Accelerate UH. Uh, no, I, it's, I it's a huge commitment for us. I mean, honestly, like every Saturday, we're, uh, we're with the teams doing our educational curriculum. It's an entire half-day session. So we spend uh, the vast majority of our time focused on Accelerate UH. It's mm-hmm. very important to us. I mean, our names are on it. We're associated with it. We founded it. So... Obviously, we want to make it a success, and so we pour our heart and soul into it. Now, um, what brought uh, you in was our interest in the announcement, of course, that Melly and Brian were joining your team. But there was a third uh, leg of that stool as part of this expansion um, with uh, Mr. Rowan. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, we were very fortunate that we met um, you know, uh, Peter Rowan through Susan Yamada, actually. Uh, she had met him previously on one of his trips here, and he moved back – or sorry, he moved to Hawaii – in, uh, in May of last year, and we were very fortunate to have a, an early meeting with him right when he landed, probably like a week later. Mm-hmm. And um, through those conversations and the, and talking about the things that we were doing in terms of like launching Accelerate UH, he was very interested in sort of the efforts that we were doing here in Hawaii and started working with us very closely, um, including you know, like most recently joining officially as the angel in residence. Mm-hmm. He was very involved with our first cohort. He helped um, mentor uh, two teams directly. He was at every Saturday session with us, coaching all the teams, as was Susan Yamada, Peter Kay, uh, Shan Steinmark, uh, etc. You know, so we had a lot of uh, very hands-on expertise available to the teams around the clock. Mm-hmm. And he's no, just going to be doing more of that moving forward. That's great. That's great. So, um, Mele, you know, I, I know that you've been involved uh, from the very beginning with Blue Startups, and, and Blue Startups has been very, I think, successful at, uh, I think it was like Five cohorts already, and they're uh, in the fifth cohort right just now. Yeah. That cohort last week. And, right, and and they're uh, I think they've been really making a name for themselves, not only for the startups that they're working with, but you know, getting them to get uh, visibility in in Silicon Valley. I mean, to me, that was a very exciting kind of environment. Uh, what decided? What made you decide to kind of give that up and move on? So you know. I, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, so you know I I'm really excited to be joining Sultan Ventures to pursue some of my own ideas 
um, with Omar and Tarek um, and the rest of the Sultan Ventures mm-hmm. team. So that's something that's been very important to me. I started my first company in 2007, and I had been an entrepreneur living in Silicon Valley and also starting my other company here, Hawaii Apps, when I moved back. Right. I mean, in fact, that's what first that's got us introduced. Yeah. Exactly. Right? We yes. had you on the radio talking about Hawaii Apps, right? Yeah. So so that's that's where my, my real passion lies, is really creating and challenging myself um, you know, with with launching and creating new things, um, and then not to say that you know Blue Startups has is, hasn't been a startup in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's up and running now. It's it's you know kicking butt, and and I'm excited to start new challenges um, and and starting some of my own ideas. So well, that's really what led me to um, want to to move on. Okay. And they've been extremely supportive of that as well. And I'm excited for you to hear what some or see, I guess, down the line what some of these these ideas are. But Blue Startups is doing very well, TechCrunch just named them as one of the top twenty accelerators in the country. I think and yeah, number yes. seventeen, number seventeen. Yes. That's an honor for them. Um, but and I think that this uh, this expansion on Sultan Ventures' part means that there probably could be more collaboration, more you know energies and juices moving around. I mean, how would you see that uh, that uh, that complementary um, relationship working in terms of what you saw there and what you're now seeing mm-hmm. with the Sultan Ventures? Well, I think it's exactly what you were saying before. There's it seems to be so much more activity going on here in Hawaii that. There's natural collaboration. I mean, there's there's no reason why um, you know all these different entities shouldn't be working together. And there's there's kind of the stage of startups. So back in the day, before there were accelerators, before Sultan Ventures, um, you know, we, we had entrepreneurs who would have this idea. They would need to bootstrap it and get it as far along as they could, and then they'd have to leave. So now there's all of these resources here, and I think there's just kind of this collision and collaboration happening here. And I I'm really excited. I'm I you know I love the the Blue Startups team. We already do work with them um, with Accelerate UH and Blue Startups. You notice two teams have have already gone through both programs, Comprendio as well as LiveSift. Mm -hmm. So we're already seeing that kind of synergy and collaboration already happening, Mm -hmm. and we're going to see more of it. Now, Brian, uh, you know, we know you from your startup weekend fame and other, other you know, notorious places. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you've got a lot of great energy. You've got, uh, you know, the uh, you've got the face for TV, not <laughs> not not radio. But thanks, thanks Bert. <laughs> <laughs> well, you too. You have a face for TV, not like, you know, Ryan and I. But so, you know, in terms of a startup weekend, do you see yourself still staying involved with startup weekend? Is that part of the, you know, the continued ecosystem that will potentially Let's say feed into Sultan Ventures or other you know accelerator opportunities. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So uh, currently, I'm still organizing Startup Weekend here uh, locally in Hawaii. Uh, we actually have an event coming up on sure. Maui. Yeah, you can t- tell uh, us about all that. Yeah, happening May fifteenth uh, to the seventeenth mm-hmm. on Maui. Uh, both myself, uh, Tarek, will be involved. I know Omar and Melly will no, make the no, trip. No, no, I'm, I'm kind of curious. We don't have to have uh, Omar say anything about this, but does Omar <laughs> consider your work with Startup Weekend part of the job? Um, yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gave me the nod to say yeah. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's for me. It's 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 again. It's it's going back to the whole educational um, aspect of it and being involved. I mean, I, I took on Startup Weekend prior mm-hmm. to joining mm-hmm. Salt Adventures, mm-hmm. and the whole goal for me with that is to build a community. And find like-minded people like myself and you know Meli and, and Omar who want to make Hawaii a better place and have a more strong uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem. And so by incorporating now my role at Sultan Ventures and you know still doing the startup weekend, we can we can still have that. And you know what would I would love honestly to to say is mm-hmm. I can at the end of the year walk away from startup weekend and give someone else that opportunity to do it because I honestly I wouldn't be 
in this seat right now talking about Salt and Ventures if it wasn't for a Startup Weekend. No, and that, and that you know, is a, a really good vehicle. I, mean, I remember um, uh, Danielle Sherman. She yeah. was the one yeah. that kind of started. She brought it over here, and then yeah. uh, she did it for maybe about a year. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you came in and gave it some you know, sort of extra boost in energy. Uh, actually, a quick story about that is uh, uh, so the first Startup Weekend I participated in was the third one out here in mm-hmm. Hawaii. And, you know, happily my team had won. And after we did the winning presentation, Omar and Tarek both walked up and introduced themselves. And that's when I met, mm. first met them both. And oh, cool. That was uh, two and a half years ago. Great. Yeah. yeah, I think something that Salton Ventures is, it really promotes is of having all of us have, you know, having multiple roles in the community. And that's one of the reasons why I think Brian and I are, we're both very attractive to, to be joining the team. Um, Especially, you know, with my role with HVCA, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm continuing to have that role. I, I love, I love what we're doing there. We're, we're really changing the organization, um, and that's kind of a, a reflection of the changing landscape here in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, they they very much want um, us to have these various roles, and I think what's exciting, even in the last couple of years, is. I think, you know, three years ago, it's like there was this one startup event happening this evening, and then there'd be this other one a couple of days later, and we all knew exactly what was going on every night because there was like one thing. I love when I have no idea something had happened or is happening. Like, there's a hackathon this weekend? Right. Awesome. Like, there was this great startup event, and I had no idea. That's like a true, true reflection of just so much going on where you can't know about everything. That and that's the, a great thing. Now, is that what you are referring to when you say the, uh, the sort of the changing environment or changing landscape? That's that's happening right now. There's just there's just so much more to choose from. Absolutely. I mean, when I was in Silicon Valley, I mean, can you imagine knowing everything that was happening in the startup and entrepreneurial world every evening? It's impossible. Right. There's a hundred things happening. Um, I think even just reading about um, a new event popping up that you know is doing that that Honolulu soup or something. I think it's called Honolulu soup. You know, just learning about something and like, oh, I don't even know who's who's starting that, and right. that's right. awesome. Now, I'd is, love to meet someone new. Is that what do you um, attribute to all of this sort of interest and in, and in startup, uh, uh, let's say events or organizations? What do you attribute that to? Is it just because you guys are young and good looking, or is it you know? I mean, and, and you know the old Absolute. guys that have has nothing out. to do with it. By <laughs> the way, <laughs> no, no. Uh, and is there is there a, I guess a. <clears throat> A philosophy of of some of the you know f- new folks in the business to to really get out there and do something mm-hmm. perhaps uh, unlike maybe a, you know a couple generations <laughs> away from us. Yeah, I think that the ecosystem globally is growing, mm-hmm. and I think you know Hawaii is a part of this global ecosystem. So it's not just about oh, the couple people here are interested in kind of getting this thing started. We're seeing communities all over the U.S. who are just like Honolulu. You look at something like a Boulder, you look at Austin, mm. you look at other, you know, tier two cities. I'm not saying Honolulu's tier two. We're, you know, amazing someday, tourist destination. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we aren't San Francisco. We're not New York, you know. Um, and, and you're seeing these ecosystems flourish in these other cities that are really similar to us. And and we're seeing ourselves flourish. Um, and I think in terms of the changing landscape, we're looking at resources kind of coming afloat. We're looking at the business community coming, the established business community, the Bishop Street, the Hawaii Business Roundtable coming to the table. Right, right. And we're we're seeing all these other players coming, um, coming, you know, to the table, 
and supporting innovation. And I think that it's amazing what we can, where we can start seeing this collision and collaboration when more and more people are coming to the table and ideas that can come about. Yeah, yeah you know, well, Brian, I wanted to ask you about that too because, yeah. you know, one of the questions I want to get you to talk about is, you know, is there enough stuff that will keep people like you here? But we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break. That's a teaser. That's called a teaser. We want to <laughs> hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Omar Sultan, Mela James, and Brian Butling about entrepreneurship and innovation in Hawaii. And what needs to happen to sustain that culture of innovation. We'd, of course, love to hear from you. You can give us a call live on the air, 941-3689. We're told free from the neighbor islands. That eight, that's 877-941-3689. This is Bite Marks Cafe. On the next Radio Lab. Music. No, not that kind of music. <laughs> We're talking about music that can knock your walls off. Tweak your limits. Save your life. And steal your soul. Yeah. So deep down in the ground. The power of music. On the next Radio Lab. Saturday morning at 10, following The Splendid Table. Each week, New Dimensions explores the social, political, scientific, environmental, and spiritual frontiers with some of today's foremost social innovators, thinkers, scientists, and creative artists. Hello, I'm Elaine Dundon. And I'm Alex Patakos. We're co-authors of The Opa Way. Next time on New Dimensions, we'll be talking about finding joy and meaning in everyday life and work. Sunday morning at 11. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa, and we are here in the studio with Omar Sultan, Melly James, and Brian Butling of Sultan Ventures to talk about Hawaii's growing startup ecosystem. And, of course, right before the break, uh, we, we kind of uh, put a teaser out there and wanted to find out, uh, you know, what exactly is it about this uh, changing landscape that's going to keep young people here and, you know, I guess uh, engage in entrepreneurship and innovation. And of course, you can give us a call. The number here is 941-3689 on Oahu or 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Brian, so Mele just sort of uh, nicely articulated the fact that this is a changing landscape and you know there's a lot of exciting things and you can open the paper, look at your Facebook page and find out that there's all this stuff going on and you know stuff that you didn't even realize was going on. But is that enough? to keep people like you here in Hawaii? Uh, it definitely is. Um, I, 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 people ask me why I stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated, I wanted to go off and do the whole Silicon Valley thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the real drivers that made me stay is, why not build that here? Why not build an ecosystem here and be a part of that? And we're doing it. it it's literally happening before our eyes right now. And, you know, it's it's the, the way that it's doing it is you have people – you know, who are, who are young and, and driven and, and want to hustle. Um, and they just constantly want to do and more and just uh, uh, hold events. Like, again, I'd, I'd use myself, for example, Startup Weekend. I wouldn't be able to hold it if it wasn't for sponsors, you know, such as Salt and Ventures, who've been a longtime sponsor. And it's that partnership between um, entities who have done it and allowing young people like myself that opportunity to execute and do things 
such as like a startup weekend and mm-hmm. educate people like that. Uh, you need that combination. Mm-hmm. And like Mele talked about earlier, you know, there's ecosystems out there. And it's again, like she said, it's not just Hawaii that's going through this. There's areas all around the nation that are going through this. There's this huge movement of building sustainable ecosystems that are helping out with the local economies. And why not do it here in Honolulu? Now, in terms of sustainability, I mean, what do you guys both feel? Mele, I mean, you, you guys have uh, graduated a bunch of cohorts from Blue Startups. What is it that's going to be uh, necessary in our community to help those startups, once they graduate, stay in Hawaii? Well, it's all part of the stages, you know, of, of a startup. As I mentioned before, back in the day before the accelerators, you had an idea, you bootstrapped as long as you could, then you moved. Mm-hmm. You know, once the accelerators came into existence, that extended that life of the startup being able to stay here. It not only, um, you know, provided some initial, you know, investment money, but also really started to bring out the resources, the local resources that have actually always been here that were never tapped. So that's actually kind of brought into light um, really helping along these startups, whether it's through, you know, legal, PR, um, financials, all of those different things and all these people that have always been here um, and really having them kind of come out and help these startups. I think to answer your question, what's going to keep people here longer is continuing, um, you know, that growth of resource that, that can keep people here. Obviously, with Sultan Ventures, um, you know, they work with startups and entrepreneurs to, um, you know, launch and grow successful companies here in Hawaii. Um, and, and one thing I think is that is really, really powerful about their model is really rolling up their sleeves and getting in from an operational standpoint and coming in, you know, having one of the team members here, you know, kind of like a strike team come in and really help those companies um, get off to a great start. Um, you know, we've also had some seed funds that have come up in the last couple of years to provide that next phase of funding. I think Honestly, at a certain point, sometimes for the business and for the for their success, they do need to follow capital, mm-hmm. and that may mean that they go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the goal ultimately is that we'd love to see these local companies success, be successful, and thrive. And at some point, they can come back and and have their headquarters here or have an office here and really see this as a great. Um, place to, to launch your startup. But, you know, sometimes baby birds have to leave the nest, too. But, I mean, we, 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 we have that local pride to see that success, even if it is um, eventually moving to Silicon Valley. Now, Brian mentioned, you know, kind of this generational passing information and keeping an energy going. Uh, Melly, you mentioned the Hawaii Business Roundtable, and I think that's a, that's a sign of kind of the, the, the established business community and the startup community starting to have more of a conversation. But we, we are talking quite a bit about keeping talented people here. So, Omar, you know, um, back to UH and all of these talented students that uh, we're bringing up who basically even, you know, my daughter, uh, she's not even uh, in college yet, but she is right now having these conversations where the assumption is that she'll have to leave Hawaii to do something genuinely exciting. And that's not something that I want her to believe. Um, are we reaching that point with all of these events and calendars that are filling up and and uh, startup weekends here and, and TED Talks there uh, that that we can say that there's enough here to keep a young person engaged? I think the answer is very simple, absolutely. There's an enormous amount that's currently happening and continuing to grow in terms of the ecosystem. So the opportunities are just ever increasing. If you want to work with um, funds, you've got a number of accelerators in town that you can work with uh, and be exposed to that sort of fund aspect of it. 
uh, from Sultan Ventures, the Blue Startups, Energy Accelerator, and of course, our, our, our own very favorite, Accelerate UH. So you can definitely get that exposure. If you want to work with startups, again, you've got all of these uh, accelerators in town and these initiatives that are just literally churning out startups one after another after another. And all of them require help. All of them require talent. And so for individuals like your daughter, depending upon her interests, there's tons of opportunities. Well, I have a tougher question then, again, you know, to embarrass my daughter further. Um, when someone's at UH and thinking that they might want to do a startup or develop a technology, do research, it's good that Accelerate UH exists. Mm-hmm. But there's now this competition people for people coming into college. Like, uh, would I go to UH if I want to build an app? Would I go to uh, UCLA? Or in fact, what if I just skip school altogether? I mean, is there a, is there a pipeline that you can see or a, str- a strategy that you're working on that can basically say that this, you know, this pathway from our high schools going to robotics or winning the st- science fair this weekend um, come through all of this and there is a, a future for you still here in Hawaii? Uh, I think definitely it's it's the educational aspect of it is a bit difficult of a question for me because mm-hmm. I'm inherently biased. <laughs> if I Tark and I don't get a, a PhD, we'll be the first males in four generations to not have a PhD. So that tells you how ah. deeply rooted education is into my in my family. And as I mentioned, my sister's already an MD PhD, so <laughs> Tark and I have catching up to do. Um, so I'm definitely a big proponent of education and getting that while also doing these entrepreneurial things. And I think that it's a very, like, the best time that you have to be entrepreneurial is when you're in college, when you're in high school, because you have this huge network of support around you. I mean, just look at Pace, you know, uh, that Susan Yamada runs at the Shiloh College of Business. Wow, what an enormous amount of opportunities that are available to students uh, through that program alone uh, to kind of pursue their higher education as well as be entrepreneurial. You know, I know we're at the uh, kind of the beginning phases of, of building our startup community. And I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Omar, about the idea that, you know, for any young graduate, you know, they're sort of looking at the range of companies that they could get involved in. Uh, some young folks might be a little intimidated by jumping into a startup because it's such a, you know, such a high-paced, intense environment. Uh, they may not be so inclined to want to jump into a 100-year-old company, which Hawaii has a lot of, and then, <laughs> but then there's there's these companies that are uh, maybe ten, fifteen, twenty five years old. Uh, are, are those? Um, are is there a growing number of that? Is it too early to tell? You know, are they are are they opportunities for young people to jump into? Um, and 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 the second part of that question is: Do we need to attract? You know somebody like a Google to open up a field office here? I mean, what is it, your, your thoughts on what is that intermediary of company that, a, you know, that somebody graduating would potentially want to jump into if it wasn't a startup? Wow. Um, that was one heck of a question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Where's the, where's the squishy middle? You know? Yeah, where, where's, that, where's that, you know, 100-year-old co- company here, startup, you know, intense uh, uh, focus here. Is there something in the middle? I think there's something, not to jump into Omar's question, but I think that's something that we need to be growing here are those later stage startup companies. We're starting to see more and more of these companies once they get to you know seed stage funding where they can pay people. Mm-hmm. So I think our, your question is, you know, someone graduating from college who's not able to just kind of be eating ramen every night and right. has an idea and just wants to kind of dive in and not making any money for a couple of years. Is there kind of a soft landing where they can, you know, have a position, be in a thriving, um, you know, fast paced environment that they they will, you know, have a little bit of 
a little bit of um, salary coming in? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're asking? Basically. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, we are starting to see more and more of those types of startups here. I mean, you look at, you know, even the, the example of TrueTag mm-hmm. um, and Hank coming in and building that manufacturing plant in Kapolei. Those are startups that are funded. Mm-hmm. That's what we're really looking at here because once they have funding, they're able to bring in junior level people. You know, they're not going to make, you know, a ton of money yet. Um, but the, those are those great opportunities where they can get some of those bases covered. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, I think, middle range businesses, what would would you like to answer that? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think you said it right, Bert. It, it is early, right? But we are also seeing a lot of movement in terms of those middle range companies. In fact. You know, we've seen firsthand companies actually from the mainland actually coming to be involved with the ecosystem here because, you know, we're actually starting to make an impact nationally. Not that we weren't before, you know, but people are actually sitting up and taking notice to all of the great things that are happening out here in Startup Paradise, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and I think the second part of your question was, do we need a Google? Right. I mean, and there, was a, there was a point in time you know, before you guys got involved <laughs> where people thought, why don't we attract one of these large companies? It could have been a Google, it could have been Dell. an HP, it could have been a Cisco, it could have been any of those, you know, larger companies, Microsoft, to open up an office here and then sort of seed some of that activity. And we looked at that and thought, well, you know, good luck attracting any of those guys. But, you know, that I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on that kind of a philosophy or that kind of a strategy. Um, I think it definitely helps to attract that sort of caliber uh, entity out here. And believe it or not, because of, again, all of the buzz and all the activity that's been happening, uh, all of the accelerators, all of the initiatives that are happening out here are starting to create those sort of bridges and ties to mm-hmm. these huge entities. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily have to be here to you know, justify or valid- validate any of the activity Abs- here. I, absolutely not. Uh, I, personally, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we live in a global economy right. and a global world. And, um, uh, yeah. And I, don't, I mean, I know people who work for Google, who work for Yahoo, who even work for AOL. They live here, but they're, you know, they don't need an office or a, a station or anything. They just, you can work from anywhere. Yeah, I think, I mean, the main, the main point is that as we're seeing the ecosystem, you know, evolve and we're seeing some of these startups that came from, you know, two founders, you know, not making any money to getting some seed funding, having some money where they can start paying people, not much, but that they're paid positions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when we're really going to start seeing that shift of, of, of people in Hawaii, students graduating, being able to get their first job at an early stage startup where they can, you know, make that little bit. And, and that's a that's a job. Um, and I think that's something that we're, we're really trying to focus on here when we have this this big goal of, you know, creating, you know, not the next Silicon Valley, but, you know, a Boulder or type or a Austin mm-hmm. here. We're going to see those um, early stage, middle stage startups that have some a little bit of funding, have some funding and able to pay people you know what and I was, create jobs. Well, what I was really excited about was the fact that and, and I think an example of what you're just describing is LiveSif. They're kind of a brand new startup. They're, you know, out there raising money and they pick up. You know, this guy that I have a lot of respect for, Jason Axelson, as as one of their programmers. Now, Jason, you know, he, he's been working for some pretty good companies, you know, like Referentia and, and Dan Luke's Ikezo. But now, you know, now he's moving over to LiveSiv. I mean, am I, am I mistaken or is that that's correct, right? So, I mean, that that's to me, that's impressive because 
for a for a, a top notch programmer like that to go over to live SIF. I mean, that's an example of what exactly. you're just describing, right? Exactly. And even looking at area metrics, Happy Hour Pal is now area metrics. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they've they you know have another Alan Seldom uh, join mm-hmm. their team yes, yes. as well as they have um, you know two other paid uh, you know positions that they're all working out of blue startups right now and they've got people coming in I think that to me is the most exciting when there are paid positions there are startups growing or even looking at um, you know the new rock uh, co-working center mm-hmm. yes. those are focused on small offices small offices are for you know three to four to five uh, team startups. It's not just the one or two person founder. It's when they've gotten to that next phase of growth. They've hired one to two to three more people. They're creating jobs. We're seeing that next phase, and that's that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Now, before we run out of time, I know that uh, both Brian and Melly are, are new to the Soul Adventures family, and I'm sure your boss here has specifically put things in front of you as goals. But <laughs> I was kind of curious, Brian, um, as the head of strategic partnerships, um, what's on your? What can we watch for as uh, as 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 an as a as an announcement or a, 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 an achievement that you're hoping to make to to demonstrate that that love that area of expansion for Sultan Ventures, that's a, that's your great... net worth. What? Yeah, just <laughs> no, no, no. your net worth. Uh, that's a great question. Um, one of my big goals is actually bring national companies uh, here to Hawaii to work with our startups. Mm. Oh, kind of uh, what? Kind of like what I was saying, but. Maybe yeah, not, well, not, not not open up a shingle on a on a building. I mean, but for for example, I mean, there's companies like Dotco out there who work with startups all around the world, mm-hmm. and they haven't really had an impact here with Hawaii at all. We would love to be that funnel of introducing their brand and what okay. they have to offer to startups. Good um, via you know our either the accelerate. UH program or just through Sultan Ventures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, how about you, Melly? I mean, uh, apart from those those entrepreneurial ideas that you have that are secretly being built in a lab that nobody knows about, um, for your role at Sultan Ventures specifically in that vertical that you're approaching, um, what can we watch for next? So besides our own ideas? Yes, yes, yes. So we know we'll be spinning out um, you know, companies that are already in the portfolio. So I'm really looking forward to um, you know, rolling up my sleeves and getting involved in some of these current projects and, and getting them spun out. Like we were talking about before, we want to just see a ton of activity. We want to see you know, companies launching and just – you know, I'd love to just be overwhelmed by the amount of things happening here. So I'm looking forward to that being one of my big goals. Well, make sure year. we're on that uh, that distribution yeah. list. Now, Brian got to talk about Startup Weekend. You can come Weekend. to the launch party, Ryan. Okay. Now, Brian <laughs> talked about Startup Weekend on Maui in May. Um, you also work with, as you know, the head of the Hawaii Venture Capital Association. There was an event you had coming up? Yes. We have a luncheon coming up on Thursday, March 26th at the Plaza Club, 1130 to 1.30. And it's on broadband, what we may... What we don't know about it may kill us. So it's really focused on the innovation sector and how broadband is an integral part in us building startup paradise and and having all these startups and and a business hub here, especially with the innovation sector. All right. Well, we'll put a link to that on the show notes um, for that event. Thank you. Brian, quickly, you had something? Yeah. um, And if anyone wants more information about all the things and activities that we're doing, uh, we are very uh, active uh, via social media. So. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, you mean Soul Salt, Sh- Salt Ventures? Yeah, Salt okay. Ventures on Facebook, or then follow us on Twitter. Sounds good. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Omar Sultan, he's uh, head of, uh, of uh, Salt Ventures. We got Mele James here, heads of New Ventures, and Brian Butling manages strategic partnerships at Salt Ventures. We want to thank you all for joining us today. 
Thank you, Bert. Thanks, thank Ryan. You. Thank you, Bert and Ryan. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll learn about going to the moon with Moon Riders. And if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. And of course, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Koslovit. And we leave you with our song pick of the week. Here's a band called Pop Guns and a song called City Lights. See you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.